Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Nadia Murdoch Fit Mind and Body Podcast. Today, we have Jenna Barclay from Jenna Barclay Fitness. I had the opportunity to actually meet Jenna via Instagram, and we just totally connected. And I had her on the blog, and I definitely wanted to make sure that I interviewed her. So hi, Jenna. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. So I really appreciate it. I know you're constantly on hustle mode and finding the time to squeeze in this interview. So let's just jump right in. And um, the thing I love about your story most is that a lot of what you shared with me on the blog resonated with my own personal journey. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how you fell in love with fitness? Sure. Um, So my fitness journey really has been an evolution. Um, I kind of started in college as um, an outlet for myself in a way for me to just feel a little bit of stress relief and it kind of evolved into a hobby and now years later a career. Um, I wasn't you know super into it growing up but when I was in college I sort of had that lifestyle that a lot of college students have where you're eating pizza at 3 a.m and not sleeping and you know not the healthiest way to live. Um, And I started exercising and just felt so much better and kind of realized the time. Um, And it sort of just became part of my life from be able to make it into a career now, but it really just sort of started as something that made me feel really good. And it was always part of my life. That's since awesome. Then. And so you said you weren't really into fitness growing up. Did you ever do sports or anything like that? Cause I can totally relate to that. I did, but I was that kid that would like try a sport and get really bored <laughs> by it. I wasn't really, I wasn't right. competitive. So the sports thing never really resonated with me. Um, I did dance and I loved dancing ever since I was a kid and I I danced all through high school. And that was, I think something that was just more personal. It was something that I did because I enjoyed it, not because it was a competitive team sport, but I also ran. I was a long distance runner in high school. Um, I was on the track team and I enjoyed that. I was decent at it and it kept me active. So you know, I was moderately involved in sports, but I wasn't like a sporty kid. You know, it wasn't something that I would say was a huge part of my yeah, life I growing totally up. Yeah, I So you, also the comment you made about college, um, I know personally for me, it was a culture shock because I didn't really eat like that at home. But, you know, you're on your own and you have that independence. So um, maybe not so healthy habits kick in. How did you find yourself? When did you realize, hey, maybe I shouldn't be eating pizza at 3 a.m.? When did, what was that epiphany yeah. and when did that change? You know, it's so funny because I grew up eating, you know, not super healthy. We didn't eat garbage, but it wasn't a focus in my household to eat super healthy. But when I got to college, just like you said, it was like you'd swipe your card in the dining hall and you could go eat soft serve <laughs> until you exploded. Yeah. So <laughs> my freshman year... It was probably spring of my freshman year, but I remember coming home, you know, the first time you come home after the first semester of college and everybody's like, oh, this person gained weight and it's so awful, but you know how it is. And I remember a couple of 
my friends gained a ton of weight. And, you know, I think at that age and especially being a woman, you know, you're so hyper aware of that. And it was kind of that moment that I was like, oh, I hope they're not saying that about me. And then also just kind of realizing that I wasn't really taking care of myself, not necessarily even about gaining weight or looking a certain way, but you know, sleeping until noon just because you can is probably not the best way to live your life. So it was it was later in my freshman year that I started exercising and then it, it really just spiraled from there. I think once you start making a healthy change, you start making other healthy changes because of that. And I think the eating definitely followed suit when I started exercising. I felt better and I wanted to then feed my body better. And it became more of a lifestyle through that change of just going to the gym. And I did it with my friends. It became a social thing to go to the gym. So it was a healthy change that led to so you, many You others. answered my next question because I was going to ask if um, you found yourself on your own with the change because, you know, you went home and you come back and then you have this new mindset were your friends, were you the one recruiting your friends to go to the gym or was it like a group effort? Yeah, I probably was. I'm always kind of the ringleader in a lot of things. Um, but I don't know if you remember, it's so long ago now, it's funny to think about, but when you live in a dorm, everything's a, a, a group effort. You don't do True. anything on your own in college. Or that's how it was for me. So, you know, I remember we had nights where we would, and I'm like, aging myself but nights where we would watch Laguna Beach in the dorm <laughs> other nights when we would go to the gym and it was it was a social thing um and I I'm sure that I recruited my friends but I think the fact that they went with me is a huge reason why I actually went otherwise I probably would have gone twice and never seen the inside of that that's, gym again yeah I, I I'm totally I totally agree with you um and that's awesome that you had a support system and that you figured it out so early in college because most people don't figure it out until after college. And it's just like, oh, okay, that's not how you live every day. <laughs> Four years. Right, right. Um, so after college, did you jump right into a fitness career or did you go to corporate? Um, I jumped around a lot, actually. I was on an academic path for a long time. So from as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a college professor. So after college, I actually continued on to grad school. I have a master's degree in communication studies, um, and it's a very academic master's degree. So I was um, basically studying how to be a researcher and be a teacher in my master's, and it was a really, really rigorous program. It was designed to sort of weed people out, honestly, for PhDs and figure out if you could mm -hmm. hack it or not. Um, turns out I could not, I did not enjoy a lot of it. A lot of the politics and things like that kind of turned me away from that career path. But while I was in my master's program, I taught, um, both as a teaching assistant and a teaching fellow, which means that I was given my own independent courses that I taught by myself. So that was sort of my first glimpse at teaching and I loved it. You know, I think that there's moments that people have with jobs or career paths where everything just sort of clicks and you feel like you're meant to right. do something. And that's how I felt with teaching. And I was teaching communication at the time, um, a lot of cultural studies and things like that. And at the same time, got really into group fitness classes at my campus gym. And again, just a total stress relief thing for me. Um, my master's program was really, really stressful. I wasn't sleeping. A lot of my colleagues in my in my master's cohort were out at the bars drinking a lot it was just a really unhealthy environment and I 
fortunately found my outlet through group fitness classes. So I got certified during my master's program to teach spinning classes um, and just kind of realized like, wow, this is something that I could do at the time I thought as a hobby because it sort of brings together these two things that I love teaching and exercise. Um, and then when I decided not to continue on to my PhD, I ended up taking a job as a, a full-time instructor and eventually a manager of a fitness studio. And it all went full fitness. That's from amazing. There. And so what is your concentration? You mentioned spin, but I know that you teach heavily one-on-one -on -one sessions, um, with a focus on Pilates and bar, right? Yes. So I actually really didn't teach spin long at all. Um, I used to be a cardio <laughs> queen. That's all yeah. I did. I thought, you know, I think again, being a woman and back in the day of magazines, like I would get yes. self and women's health and all of these magazines. And they would always have these little tiny articles about strength training. And it was like three ab moves, but then everybody was just really, really skinny. So I thought I just have to do a ton right. of cardio. Um, so that's something that I liked for a long time. But when I started doing bar classes, um, is when I really fell into fitness and that's when I started working in it full time. So that's what my focus is completely now is on strength training. And I focus on low impact strength training for a couple of reasons. One, I think that it's really approachable and not intimidating, especially for women. I think a lot of women go into the gym and they see the weight room floor and it yep. just freaks them out and they don't want anything to do with it. So low impact strength training is something that's very approachable. Um, and it's simple. It's, it's not complicated. You're at a much lower risk of injury with something like that. Um, and it's also just super effective and you can do it anywhere. So that's my primary focus. Now I go to people's homes. I give them a strength training workout. I'm able to tailor it completely to what they need and they really don't need any equipment. So it's amazing. It's so, so easy. And Anybody can do it. I love it. it. I love that. And um, you're, we're so like, uh, from the communications point, <laughs> I didn't even know that you got your master's in communications. I did as well, but it was, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so. <laughs> and then um, the point about cardio and the magazines, and I was the same way. You're in your early 20s and you're looking at all these girls. They didn't really talk. I mean, they had a couple of like light dumbbell workouts, but it was never about right. strength and being strong. And, um, Never. I think now for a young female now, I, I think it's a better representation of, you know, being fit and being healthy instead of being super thin and deprived. So I, I love, we relate a lot on a lot of stuff, but, um, I think I, I also fell in love with bar for the same reason. So I think we need to do a bar workout together because we're so alike. We totally do. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So, okay. So as a working one-on-one, -on -one, I feel like you have a closer relationship than you do with group class. Like, of course you get to know your students, but what, what do you love most about doing one-on-ones? Yeah. I mean, just like you said, you have such a close relationship with them. Um, and that was something that really resonated me with, with me when I started teaching group fitness was being able to witness and be a part of people's fitness journeys. Mm -hmm. It was sort of the same really rewarding feeling that I got from teaching academic classes when I, when I was teaching at a university is to kind of see that light bulb moment in people where they go, oh, this is changing. I'm seeing progress. Mm -hmm. 
I can do something that I didn't think that I was capable of. Um, and getting to take that a step further and being able to literally tailor each and every workout to where they are in their fitness journey. And even on that particular day, you know, I have a lot of clients who are really busy. They have a lot going on in their lives and they might have days where they're really, really strong and they're on it. And other days when, you know, maybe they're a little tired, but they still want to get a workout in and we can just change it up and, and meet them where they are. Um, so that's really my favorite part is just kind of being able to, create a workout that is exactly for that person in that moment, because it's hard. I mean, you know, you teach group fitness, it's hard in a group fitness class when you see a client who, you know, can be pushed harder that day. And then another client that probably needs a little bit more attention and you know what to offer them, but you don't always have the time or the ability to get to every single person in the room and, and give them the attention that, you know, they need. So that's great. It's so nice to be able to give them exactly what they need. And it's also just nice to be able to get to know them on a personal level. You know, I know my clients' kids. I know their families. We're friends. It's just a really great way to spend right. my day. You know, it's like hanging out with friends it's all like day. It's like you don't dread what you do. Like, when you know, you, you know you're doing the right thing with your life career-wise if you don't dread it. And Absolutely. I, I totally can agree with you on that. So... Um, that leads me to my next question. Is there like a memorable moment that you've had with a specific client, maybe someone that was recovering from an injury or a transformation story that really sticks out in your mind? Yeah, I mean, there have been a, a few, but I think um, one, which goes way back to when I was first teaching full-time at a studio, I was a group fitness client. She started taking class um, and in the beginning, she couldn't even make it past, you know, maybe the warm up. And she would come do, you know, maybe 15 minutes of the class and then she would leave. And she just had the best attitude. She would sit in the lobby and we would offer her water and say, Are you okay? And she would say, Yeah, I just, you know, I can't do anything else, but I'll be back tomorrow. And she literally came to class every single day and never had an attitude like, this is too hard. You're not helping mm -hmm. me, you know, just was really there to try to get better and to better herself and to feel better. And, you know, I was at that studio for about two years. And when I left, she was still coming and she was coming every day and she was powering oh, through the workouts. I, I love mean, that. She was so dedicated. It was amazing. And just the warmest, most positive person, you know, and it's just so nice to work with people who are really genuinely there because they want right. to work hard and aren't interested in making excuses and trying to blame other people when they can't do it. You know, she, she recognized that she wasn't in shape and she couldn't make it through the, the workouts are really hard. I mean, for anybody who's never tried bar, don't be fooled. It's yeah, it's hard. Um, but she just kept coming back and it was such an amazing thing to watch somebody just not give up and not let herself get defeated. I love that you said that. Like, so Going back to your experience as a group X instructor, how would you deal with some of the negativity that some students may have? Like they want to be there, but they're so annoyed that it's hard. It's almost as if they wanted it to yeah. be a breeze. How do you, right. how do you A, deal with that as an instructor to encourage them and B, kind of not let them influence the other students because I find that it's almost like you're teaching grade school. <laughs> like, you know, they can't influence right. others 
with their energy. So how did you approach that? Absolutely. It's so funny that you say that because sometimes I would think like, is it just me? Is it just me that all of these people like want to try to tell me that I'm the reason that they can't do this class? But I think, you know, it's a natural response if you think about it. If if you feel like you're in pretty good shape, and I can relate to this. In my first bar class, I thought I was in great shape walking in there, and I was humbled. Oh, my God. I walked out, and I was like, I can't do anything. That was the hardest yeah. thing I've ever done. So I understand where it comes from for sure. Um, it's easy to recognize. I'm sure you know when you're in a class and you see a student who's having that reaction. So – you have to tread lightly. I think, you know, I had some experiences where my first reaction is to try to help them a lot, go up to them and correct them and try to give them modifications. So you can do this instead. And sometimes that works and sometimes it goes the other way and they get even Mm -hmm. more offended Mm -hmm. and annoyed. Um, So I always try to catch them after class for the benefit of that student and just try to meet them where they are. You know, my, my first thing that I always said to a student like that after class is, I know it's hard. Trust me. During my first class, I almost walked out five times. And that's true. I I remember the thoughts that went through my mind during my first class. Like I remember being in some sort of chair position at the bar during my first class and the instructor all peppy over the mic being like, stay in it. You're almost (laughs) there. And I thought to myself, is this woman out of her mind? If I don't come out of this position, my quad muscles are going to tear in half. Like I was so over it. I was like, this woman's crazy. So I would try to relate to them on that level, you know, catch them after class and just try to make it feel as low key as possible. You know, it's not a big deal. We all struggle. You're never going to master it. You're never going to get through a total full class without breaking a sweat and thinking it's hard. Um, And usually, you know, after a while, after they had a moment to kind of process, they would come back and hopefully eventually you know, see it a different way. Not always, but I think that's the most you can do um, as an instructor. But in terms of not letting them get to the rest of the class, that's tough because sometimes that energy is really contagious. I would always try to give a lot of options over the mic. So I would, if I saw somebody struggling and feeling frustrated, I would give a modification over the mic and say, hey, if this isn't working for you, try this. And then most of the time, at least a couple of other people in the class would take that modification. And then I think that that helps those people realize like, oh, I'm not the only one feeling this way. Because I think that that's an issue too in group class and something that I think a lot of my clients that I see one-on-one are afraid of um, in going to a group class is feeling like they're going to be the only one struggling or they're going to be the only one that doesn't know how to do it. So just trying to communicate that out to the whole class so you feel like you're not talking to just them, but they hear it, I, you know? And, um, and speaking from personal experience, like you always compare yourself, especially in the beginning when you just start working out to other students. Everybody's, I always say it's your own workout. It's no one else's workout. And I think that once you have that mindset, it, you're set up for success because Yes. Just constantly comparing yourself. You're only just going to discourage yourself. And then you may not even come back like, oh, I can't do it. It's too hard. And I've heard that a ton of times. And some of the people that have come back, I've seen them. It's it's amazing. I mean, they're not bodybuilders or anything like that. But I've seen the progress from like modified plank to planks, you know, little things like that. That's just consistency. And I just I love that. I love what you said about modifications totally on the same page. Because 
sometimes definitely it's just they're angry at you and it's like you want this workout like why are you mad <laughs> right right and sometimes too it's just day to day is different and this is another thing that I used to say over the mic all the time maybe today's not your day that you try this option mm -hmm. but maybe it is just try it if it doesn't work you can always go exactly. back to the other way and then it's great because you look around the room and you see a few people try it and maybe it works for some people and they're like oh I didn't know I could do this because exactly. I never tried oh, yes Good vibes, Jenna. <laughs> yes. So um, I love what you're doing with Jenna Barclay Fitness. You're um, weaving in a lot of holistic wellness options with your services. And I would love for you to share that with everybody because I think that's really amazing. Yeah. So I think as I've gone through this whole fitness journey, just personally, it's gone from so much of a purely physical thing where... I started exercising and eating better and I felt physically better to now realizing that this is a, a way of life that can improve everything about your life. So not just how you physically feel, but my mood is better. I'm happier. And all of these stem from sort of the mental aspects of fitness and wellness. Um, one of the things going back to what we were talking about a little earlier that I love about bar type exercises is that it's as much of a mental challenge as it is a physical one. You know, when you're in that moment and you think, I can't do this, but you know that you can, and you're able to push your mind to meet mm -hmm. your body where it can do it and you can reach new levels there, but it's getting past your mind first. So that's something that I've realized both in my own journey and working with a lot of clients is a huge obstacle. So I'm trying to work with clients a lot more on sort of that, that mindset um, and that aspect of getting yourself to a place where you're mentally ready to take on the challenge. Because I think we've all been in places where we think we're ready to take on something new, whether it's an exercise routine or maybe a new job or a new project. But until you're really in the place mentally where you're ready to take that on, you're never gonna do it. You're not gonna follow sure. through. So something that I've recently started offering is goal setting coaching. So I sit down either in person or on the phone with clients and we go through really step by step. Where is your mindset now? What are the obstacles you're facing? What are the things that are preventing you from doing what you want to do? What is it that you want to do and why? Not surface level why, but really underneath what's driving you to do these things? And then how do we get there? Um, because I think people see something as simple as like, I want to start exercising as a very easy, achievable goal, but it's not. There's a lot of things that go into establishing a fitness routine, especially with the lives we live today. Nobody has time to eat, let alone go to the gym for right. an hour every night. So, you know, breaking it down and really figuring out what your motivations are, what your obstacles are, and then figuring out how to actually make it work for your life is a process. Um, and I think also people, you know, really, we, we all do it. We beat ourselves up when we have the smallest setback. And that goes back to that mindset thing. We have this reaction in our minds that when something doesn't work out, we just want to pull back and quit because we're afraid. We're afraid to fail. So getting past those types of mental barriers, I think, is the biggest, biggest thing that people struggle with, even more so than the physical 
struggles of working out, which can be hard right. enough, but getting past mindset stuff is really what you have to do first. I love that. And have, how have your clients responded to this type of mindsetting? I find that some people can be resistant about it also because you're kind yeah. of opening up maybe a vulnerable place of where they don't openly admit certain things. So have you found that people are open to it or is it take some chipping away to, to get there? Absolutely. There's a lot of chipping away. And I think you hit it right on the head is people are afraid to be vulnerable. And when you really start digging deep and looking at what are your real reasons, one, for wanting to do this and two, for not having been able to accomplish it in the past, um, people get really uncomfortable. And I get it. You know, I think... For most people, the go-to, I don't want to say excuses because they are valid, but the go-to reasons for not being able to fit fitness into their life are things like, you know, my job is really crazy. I have children. But when we really start to dig deep, it's not always, I wouldn't even say always, it's usually not really about those things. It's stuff that runs a lot deeper. You know, they feel really uncomfortable at the gym. They mm. don't like their body. They don't want to yeah. go in public, things like that. And that's so hard to face. And it's really hard when you're, you're living your life thinking that you just don't have time. And someday when you get motivated enough or you have the willpower to do it, you'll get there. But then realizing that it's not really about your willpower. It's about deeper things that you need to confront first and get past. Yeah. It's hard, but on the flip side, I will say that it's really, really eye-opening for people. I think a lot of people, these things are so deep that they don't even really realize yes. they're there. You know, we go through our lives convincing ourselves that the reasons we do things are one thing. And then when we really sit down and think about it and realize that that's not really true, it's like, oh my God, the answers have been right here this whole time. I just didn't, I didn't know. That, I love, I love what you're saying. Okay. So this leads me into some other questions. So I think we're around the same age. So with the whole social media, I find that people are very open. Like you can pull up everybody's yes. page and find out all their business versus, <laughs> versus um, in the past where it's like, you really don't talk about certain things. You keep certain things private. You may not even tell your best friend. Do you feel right. like because of the transparency with social media, a lot of um, the hurdles are less apprehensive to be admitted? Like, you know, because if you're going to put it on your page or talk about it or tweet about it, do you find that, I guess this would depend on the age of your client. Do you find less resistance yeah. for certain clients versus maybe an older client? I actually think in my experience, it's the other way around. I think the older clients are more willing to be vulnerable. And I don't know, maybe it's, it's sort of a thing where your ego kind of backs away as you get older, yeah. you know, there's a certain age group. I think when we're in our twenties and early thirties, it, it's all about ego. We're so concerned with how people perceive us and, you know, what we look like and what we say. And I think that kind of goes away as you get older. And I've certainly seen this with my clients. Um, you know, I have some older clients that'll say really straight up, like, I have a gym in my building, but I have no motivation. I just, I just need you to come stand next to me. I even know what to do. I just need you to stand there and make me feel bad if I don't do it. Whereas somebody who's younger, I think it would take a lot of chipping to get them to say, I just 
don't have motivation to do it. You know, it would be, well, I don't really know what to do. And, you know, I don't really have time. So I think if I have an appointment set with you, then it'll make me make time. But when in reality, it's not about that. It's just that you lack motivation and the older clients are, are more in my experience, more willing to admit that. But I do think it's interesting. Like you said, with social media, that we are really, really open with strangers, but it seems to be that when we get face-to-face yeah. with people, we're still yeah. really guarded. Yeah. And I've seen that a lot with people, because I usually I initially communicate with people via email, and I have a really brief questionnaire that I send them just to kind of get an idea of what they're looking for and why and sort of where they're at. And they'll give me some details, but then when we're sitting in person, those details don't seem to be Jenna? Hiding behind. All right, we're back. A little bit of technical difficulty. <laughs> Sorry about that, Jenna. It's okay. As you were saying regarding social media and your clients, I love how you were saying that when you meet them in person, because I can totally relate to this, they're in the email, they're basically giving you all the it's and bits of what's going on with them but when you even for me even sometimes when I get them on the phone completely shy and withdrawn and it's not half the same amount of information and I think it goes back to what you were saying about people just naturally being guarded um because it's 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 scary it's like stuff that you admit to yourself personally but to have to admit it to someone else much less a stranger it's probably very scary Right. And I mean, sometimes we don't even want to admit it to our, yeah, we tell ourselves so many things that are kind of surface level truths, um, because it helps us feel better about what's going on, you know, deeper. So it's really hard for people to confront those things, but I think that it can be really liberating and a sense of relief when people finally all of the things that you've been beating yourself up not right. really your fault. You know, there's this idea like, I just don't have the willpower exercise. I'm just not, motivated. you know, I, I don't have not who I am. But really, when you start realizing that it goes deeper than that, it kind of takes the weight off. Yeah. Totally. It's not who you are. It's something that you have going on that you need to confront first. Totally agree. Okay, so I have to ask, and I like to ask a lot of fellow fitness professionals, three tips that you would give someone, um, if, or even you may give yourself, if you're falling off the wagon, whether it be with your fitness regime, you're not hitting the gym as often, what are three things or tips that you do to sort of like recenter and regroup? Yeah, so a couple of them that I have recently really started focusing on for myself are more of those mindsetting things. And the first one is to recognize your accomplishments every single day. So I think the biggest thing that gets in the way of people is they don't see results right away. Or if you've been working out for a while, you stop seeing results. So taking a a moment and I do it during a journaling practice that I do every morning, but however it works for you, taking a moment to recognize things that you have accomplished, even if they're tiny, um, really helps you 
get that energy back and kind of get re-motivated and, and refocused. So it can be something as small as thinking back to last week and being like, wow, I hit the gym four times last week. Yeah. That's great. You know, it can remind you that you are making progress, even when you're not necessarily seeing it as obviously as maybe you did in right. the beginning. So that can be hugely, hugely helpful. It kind of helps you from getting that defeated feeling. Um, another one that I think that a lot of people go back to time and time again, but for good reason, is to find some sort of support. Um, I think it's probably the most common fitness tip that I hear and read all over, but it works. You know, for most of us, we are motivated primarily by external factors. So we have a hard time committing to something when nobody else is relying mm. on us. That's why most of us go through life feeling like we're stretched really, really thin, doing everything for everybody else. And we can't say no, but we can't find time for ourselves. It's because all of our motivation comes from these external factors. We feel like we need to be living up to our expectations to other people. So that's where finding a fitness buddy or a coach or a trainer or whatever works for you um, can really come in handy. Even if it's something as simple as you have a text group with your friends and every day you have to text on your text group and say, I went to the gym today. Or you have to text on your text group and say, I didn't go to the gym today. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, something as simple as that. I think it really, it really works. Um, and then again, another just sort of mindset thing that I think can be so powerful is revisiting your why. Um, and this is something that I do every day. Um, if not multiple times a day is just, again, take a couple of moments and think about why you're doing this. So we all have those mornings when you wake up and you're like, I do not want to get out of bed. There's no way I'm going to the gym today. Um, but just thinking about, why you started this, what you're going to gain from it. And not why as like, I want to be healthier, but what are you really going to gain from it? I'm going to gain more confidence. I'm going to gain more energy to be able to do the things that I like to do and be able to keep up with my kids. You know, whatever it is for you, those really meaningful things can help you get that motivation back. Um, so those are those are the three biggest things that I recommend to other people and that I also use myself. Those are great tips. Those are great tips and they're simple tips and they're doable tips. They're nothing crazy. Exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, simple. I love it. The more simple, yeah. the better. It can't get too complicated because then nobody's going to exactly. do it. Exactly. Fantastic. I love this. And I'm so glad you took the time to chat with me today. I would love to have you back on. Um, maybe in the fall, we can talk about resetting after the summer we can chat some different ideas but i would love to have you back on yes i would love that this is oh, so fun good. so tell everybody where they can find you and if you have anything coming up where where that is and how they can learn more about it sure um you can find me on my website it is jennabarclay.com on instagram i'm jenna a barclay uh, you miss the second A really easily. So Jenna A. Barclay and then Facebook, Jenna Barclay Fitness. Um, constantly posting on there about upcoming events, blog posts, things like that. Um, I don't think I have any events coming up super soon. Probably when summer gets closer, there will be more things going on. But I think we're still in hibernation mode. <laughs> but definitely check in with me. <laughs> There's always things going awesome. on. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jenna. And I can't wait to chat with you more. And we'll talk soon.
Thank Have you. Have a great one, Jenna. Bye. You too. Bye.